Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about the Ubisoft Forward event. Ubisoft Forward. Um, I actually like the is... name of this event, FYI. Like... Well, yeah, well, I was going to say, so uh, hang on, just give us some context. Uh, this is Ubisoft's basically replacement for their E3 press conference that they did not have this year. True. And apparently, this is the first of several. I don't know. They were kind of like... Like inconclusive it, on that, but there's going to be more. Yeah, at the end of the whole thing, like uh, Yves Gaumont gets up there and is like, he's he's he says, and this is the first that we're going to have this year. He's like, we'll have another one later this year, and it's like, okay, that's interesting, that's weird, you know, that feels strange to me to like uh, to have like basically half of your news, and it, maybe it's like a Nintendo Direct thing. Maybe they're transitioning into that uh, side of things. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I think you know because of you know the the removal of E three, like they need something, and and we can talk about like we'll talk about the conference later. But overall, I think honestly, of all the the replacement conferences that we've had from Sony and Microsoft, and um, I don't even know who else, EA, and uh, I mean, we've had Nintendo Direct, conference. but that's no different, and, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, even Nintendo Direct, I think uh, this is like, as a from a presentation standpoint, mm. this was the best presentation I've seen. It actually felt like uh, a cohesive um, thing rather sure. than just like a bunch of videos strung together without yeah. any kind of transitional elements. Yeah, I can get behind um, that. Like, they contextualized things really well, is what I thought. Yeah, like, like even the, the trailers that they showed, then they would mm. talk right afterwards uh, with, about like, about things that mattered from people like yeah. who were working on the game, right? So. And I, I appreciated also like having the the face because that's a, one of the things that I love about E three is like you get to see the people who are like behind the games. You know, like uh, Eve Gamon like gets up there and he's like, "Hey, we have some really exciting stuff this year," and you can you can see it tell he's excited. Um, and so like you could tell these people are excited to, to like talk about these games that they have. You know, like uh like the Watchdogs and stuff like that. So so yeah, like I I appreciate having that context and having the faces of the people there, you know, where, where it's not just like a trailer and another trailer and like a, you know, this is why the, the, the Sony controller is the best controller ever, you know, that sort of thing. It, it felt, felt feel, and I guess Ubisoft's conferences always feel slightly less markety and more like more excitement, uh, almost like it's, a, it's genuine excitement rather than like, Hey, let's spin this and make it a, make it a marketing beat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's later on. We'll talk about this. Um, but, but, uh, and then we have a pick of the week. Uh, but first, John, what have you been up to this week? This is, uh, we're, we're recording this early. We're, I mean, I say we air this early. Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. Because of like when the Ubisoft conference happened. So there hasn't been a whole lot of time since our last, uh, our last episode, but right. what have you been up to this week? This is episode 375. Also want to call that out. Oh yeah. So kind of a landmark, um, moment there. Yeah. 375, man. We were 25 away from 400. Yeah, we need Which, to do something special. I don't know, man. That, that's 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 such a lo- large number of podcasts. I know, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so uh, this week, I mentioned on the last episode of the podcast that I had started like getting. I'd watched the original Tron. Like I'd, I'd started trying to get back in, where I was like getting back into Tron. I didn't realize, Chris. I I mentioned that I was doing this to Catherine like after the podcast last week. I mentioned I was like, oh, you know, I watched Tron. She's like, oh, for the anniversary. And I was like, I looked at her and I went. 
it's Tron's anniversary. And she goes, yeah, it's like the 30, like, or like some, some big anniversary with Tron or whatever. So apparently the marketing, like just, you know, whatever I saw, like maybe it was Disney plus being like, watch Tron on the anniversary or something like that. And like, you know, so something like sunk into my subconscious and was like, I should watch Tron. And it just happens to be the anniversary of Tron. Um, but I, uh, I have, I have done all of the Tron things. I have not finished the TV series. So I've read the, read the graphic novel, um, that happens in between the two movies. I have, uh, played the video game that happens in between the two movies, which that video game is 10 years old at this point and has not aged nearly as well as like a Red Dead Redemption one. Um, but it was still a fun, fun time. Um, some of the platforming elements were really fun. The combat was not great. I, it was just button mashy and it also felt really like it wasn't the thing is like I had it on normal difficulty, but even if I had dropped it down to easy, it did like, it wouldn't have done anything like the, It wasn't a, um, a difficulty problem as far as like the, uh, the annoyances that I had. It was more like, oh man, and now you gotta run over here and do this thing, and it's like, you wipe out those people, oh, you gotta run over here and do it. It was like, just basically like, design, like de- like mm. the, the combat design wasn't super fun um, in, in a, a large number of the levels. Like, there's like two levels where I like all the way through, I was just like, that was a great, great level. Um, from the platforming to the combat to everything, like it was just designed in such a way that was like fluid and felt really smooth. Whereas the other ones, you, I would always get hung up. Like I would just be hung up on like these arbitrary things. And it's like, well, it just feels like you're trying to like extend the amount of time that I spend on this level rather than like making the level fun, you know, where it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, we we need this to take more time. Um, but anyway, so that was fun. Uh, the graphic novel like was really good. I, uh, I enjoyed reading that it, um, kind of retells a little bit of, uh, of the ending. Like it kind of picks up right where the, the original Tron movie like left off and then goes from there and tells like the backstory in the real world. So, like what's happening, like Flynn and and uh, and and his son being born, that type of thing. Like it tells like that side of the story. Um, simultaneously, like these other like smaller things are happening within the uh, the video game universe or whatever on the grid. Um, but that's not like the, the largest portion of what's happening in that that graphic novel. So I appreciated that context, which is like you get none of that in the uh, the sequel movie. Like it's like, wait a second, he has a son? How did that happen? You know, it's and so yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the graphic novel kind of tells how that happened. I appreciated that aspect of it. Cause like, that's the thing about, um, that I remember the small critiques that I remember of Tron, what is it? Tron legacy. The, the, the most recent one was that like, you had these characters that, that you didn't have any backstory or context and that sort of thing. Like that's one of the critiques I had. So like a lot of these things have like given a little bit of context that the best piece of it is I don't the feel, television uh, Hang on, show, let's stop there for a second, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you needed it. The movie You're gives right. you all you need You're like, right. for, for those characters. Yeah, and I guess like for the story they're telling where it's like, oh, you go in here and you do this thing and it's like this adventure story, so you just kind of like launch off into that. I mean, the, yeah, the only character you really like don't have, con- I mean, you learn, you figure out like this is his son mm-hmm. and then you have the, the people who are running his company, right. but like the rest of it's all... Uh, inside the grid. And right. so, like, you understand what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, that that's the part of it, like, you know, it's just like, how did we get here? And I guess that's what I'm kind of filling in this these gaps and it's making, it's enhancing, you know, the, uh, the experience of that movie. Um, whereas, like, before it was just kind of like, well, I don't know how we got here, but, you know, this, it was a cool, it was a cool thing. 
Um, and I'm excited to get back in. Like after I finish watching the show, I'm about halfway through the the last piece of this whole puzzle before I I rewatch uh, Tron Legacy, and that's I'm halfway through the show, which is uh, which is a really good animated show. Disney XD um, has Elijah Wood as the the main character's uh, voice or whatever, um, and it's a really good show. I, I I've been enjoying that one. It's it's also doing this a similar thing where like you encounter people in the digital world that maybe you have encountered um, you know in in the uh, the movies or whatever. And and so, like, it does add some additional layers of uh, world building and, and uh, context to those characters. So I very much am into it. Um, I hope they, like, potentially make another one because there was uh, some rumor, like, like three weeks ago. I looked up. I was like, oh, will they ever make another Tron? And, the uh, you know, somebody was, was talking um, – forgot who exactly it was some one of the executives or whatever uh, who had done um some music for something or other had said like oh yeah we talked to daft punk about doing uh doing the next tron movie recently um and so like they're at least talking to people about doing doing another tron movie so that'd be great i love that i would be totally uh, they're doing they're putting the uh, uh, the light cycle ride into um the disney world um, so, uh, magic kingdom down at Disney world in Orlando, that's ha- opening like next year or something like that. So is that, n- is that new or is that taking place of something? It's uh, brand new. Like it's going to be next okay, to good. space mountain. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm fine with that. Like literally like they've just like, there's a whole section of, they had to like reroute the autopia or whatever, like it's, which is like the driving thing. They had to like, r- like make that longer a little bit to try to get it hey, around okay where the that. track is going to be. Yeah. Um, but that like that is a uh, a ride that is in Tokyo as well. So it's like obviously like they're they're willing to put money into the franchise. It's just you know, will they do it for another movie? You know. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That, that's good. I uh, I'm a little uh, you know it's it's man. It, it, I'm I'm glad that they're adding a ride. And this is a quick oh, yeah. offshoot. Glad they're adding a ride rather than replacing. You know, we've had what they took out Mr. Toad's Wild Ride from down there in yeah. Florida. They took out the Chinese theater ride. The Grand what was a Great American movie yeah, ride. Yeah, the, the the movie ride. That one was the one that like felt felt the worst to me because but like what they replaced it with. Like I'm I'm happy that 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 exi- like there's a it's a uh, the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So it's like the yeah, first yeah, ride yeah. with Mickey Still, and Minnie. At the same know, time, the, listen, listen. That's the only ride that ever made me cry. I know was man. that movie ride. Agreed. So there's there's that, and then and then in. Uh, um, Disneyland, they changed the Tower of Terror to Guardians of the Galaxy, and mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, guys, like stop it, just yeah. add new rides. At the very least, the uh, Tower of Terror, which is the better one um, in uh, Disney World, is still the Tower of Terror. It's still Twilight. I'm not, the Tower I'm, not of Terror. I'm not looking for excuses, John. No, I'm I know. Just saying, I know. I these are uh, these these are bad. De- I think they're bad decisions, <laughs> and uh, I am. Glad that we, they're not making another bad one. They're I'm making a good one. Fi- I'm fine with the majority of those those changes, but like it's it is it is a bummer because like the the fact that like the parks change and things like that are, are always it's always like the, you know you get this uh, you get the, get that element of like oh man bummer, but at the same time like they've always changed like even from like back you know back whenever uh, they were originally done they were intended to like swap out rides and they were intended like in plans to ch- change things so totally. I don't know totally. It's, but yeah, you're right. It is. It is. It is one of those things where you're like, man, I wish I could go on the great movie ride again. Yeah, like, that I know. Ride. I can never, can never <laughs> go on it ever again. I know, man. And uh, that's a bummer. It is a bummer. Um, what uh, have you been up to this week, Chris? Oh, uh, well, hang on. There was something else we were saying. Oh, with Tron. Yeah, with Tron. 
Ooh. Maybe not. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm excited to go on that roller coaster. It is exciting that it is also like a, a roller coaster. Like it's a it's a light cycle. So like you hop on like the light cycles. Oh, yeah, and I remember drive those around. Okay. In what order did the? Oh, okay. Well, first, yes, I, I would love for them to make another Tron movie. Yeah. Like I think that I think that's that's phenomenal. Um, like I love uh, Tron Legacy. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the original Tron, but like Tron Legacy is one of my f- favorite like Disney properties that they've like rebooted. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so cool uh, visually, man. Yeah, it's so cool visually, and that's the thing. Like, it never, I never felt, I never personally felt like it was missing anything. In turn, I feel like it's, it was done really well. And even like, I didn't feel like, uh, I felt like even if it's the only one, like I felt like it didn't like, it didn't leave in. It left there. There was enough mystery that to make it feel like a lived-in universe without trying to wrap it all up. And like, I also also there could be a sequel. Like mm-hmm. you know, just one of those things where like you know they made they made the movie to be a good movie rather than making it. You know, to be be a a, trying to make it a franchise, yeah. 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 Um, in what order did they like? So they released uh, Tron Legacy before they released the show, right? And yeah. the, and the game. So the show came out a year after the movie, and so that okay. was like clearly that would have been in development at the same time as the movie was wrapping up. Um, like because like cartoons like that, like computer or things, they usually take like in order to spin up the first season of something, usually takes like two or three years, right? Yeah. To like get from the like planning stage to the previs to like all the way down to the end. So like clearly that was in development simultaneously with the movie. Graphic novel um, was a similar thing. Like where it released like near like in between there, like before or right around like uh, six months after the movie came out. The like this like two issue basically like it's like a hundred and fifty pages or something like that of a graphic novel. It's like comes in two issues. Like it came out in comic form and then they compiled it later. Um, and then the video game. Came came out kind of simultaneously with the movie like it, it was uh which means it was in development like alongside of it as well and you could definitely feel that that one had less story elements like fewer story elements as far as that goes like it it yeah. kind of like it was one of those where it's like this is like a clearly almost a an adaptation like some of the same locations some of the same things like kind of happen but at the yeah. same time like they're just different enough to where you're like this is clearly like a previous version of the script that these people got you know (laughs) so yeah yeah um john i've been i'll keep this short we got to start cutting this part of the section of the show down we're 15 minutes in already um so uh this past weekend uh we went to go see a a drive-in movie and our our local drive-in theater was playing a double feature the empire strikes back and raiders of the lost ark dude that's a great one i love that yeah i love that so um we got to we got to do that that was a lot of fun i think like um the the cool thing about i was thinking about this like the next day as i was um uh just kind of like just thinking about the experience the cool the cool thing about like not having new movies right now not like is that normally that wouldn't happen because like mm. the the they would be showing mm-hmm. new releases on the screen and so like this might be I mean I don't know when I will have the chance to go do that again so like I'm it's cool that uh we missed uh we missed they they did um jaws and um uh Jurassic Park uh, a few weeks back and we missed that and I was I was like man I kind of wanted to see that but then so then whenever this popped up I'm like we are going that's awesome and uh yeah um and so like check out your local even though you can't go to the your regular theaters right now like check out your um your uh, local drive-ins and lo- most of them uh you know they have you know like 
social distancing rules and you're already kind of social distanced anyway because you're like you know either in or out right outside your cars like you know like yeah uh, you know eight feet from people or ten feet from people or whatever yeah i mean and you're um, outdoors which is which is really helpful out, you know? yeah out outdoors and so um but yeah check out your local uh, drive-ins i'm sure they'd appreciate the business i mean it was packed full like yeah. i mean uh there was not a spot that let well maybe maybe up front like up front like you have like the, if you have a tiny tiny car you go way up front you know that's awesome um but uh, like so, maybe some of those slots were open. But yeah, check out your local theaters, drive-in theaters. They're probably doing some pretty cool things. I think I uh, this weekend, the same one we went to, they're doing um, a bunch of like family-friendly movies. It's like Iron Man and Moana. Maybe I can't remember. Like there's other there's oh, those are on two different screens. Sorry, not not one after another. But like uh, yeah, I was, like, thinking, I was thinking that was a, that's a strange <laughs> double feature. You know? Yeah, yeah, Moana and then Iron Man. <laughs> similar audience. Um, but yeah, double like definitely check out your uh, your theaters and uh, awesome. they're probably doing some pretty cool things. I also saw like um, uh, that Walmart um, is transforming yeah. like 160 of their stores like over the course of like through from now through October like into drive-ins like where they're doing like some like oh yeah. let's do drive-in activities and doing like you know these uh, like kind of outdoor social distancing activities in their parking lots. So yeah. you know that's another another thing you can always you know look into if you have a Walmart that's nearby. Or yeah, which is, I mean which is great you know because like I mean. Here's the thing. I mean, you know, we've we've we're what maybe four months into this kind of like COVID post COVID appearing kind of life, still trying to like you know figure things out. And like at the end of the day, like you just can't. Uh, you got to have something to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah, like that's a, a just a really good um, I think opportunity to. Uh, get out with your family. You're not all cooped up. You're yeah. not all inside. And uh, like, it's nice weather. I mean, if you live in a state where you know, like, it gets cold, you know, during the winter, we're we'll be there soon. So yeah, uh, do it. You know, get outside while you can. And uh, yeah. In the on the music side of things, I saw like Brad Paisley also has like a tour where he's doing basically the same thing. Where it's like you totally. go and you drive in to see like Brad Paisley or whatever, and you know, like you 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 are super yeah, social distanced, a... and it's like you're out in the out in the outdoors, out in the field and stuff. And so um, it's just interesting to see how like big um, companies are like how how different industries are like dealing with ad- adapting more so than uh, you know where it's like okay, well we're at the point now where it's like it's, like you said it's been four months, and so people have like had time to be like okay. Well, if this doesn't go away, which it doesn't necessarily look like it's going to any anytime soon, it's like, well, how do we pivot? Like, how can we still do, you know, uh, live shows and those types of things? So it is interesting yeah. to see like those things kind of happen. So, yeah, I think that there's a lot of people using the drive-ins for that. Uh, I think uh, Keith Urban just did a thing. There's a um, there's at least whenever we were sitting there um, before one of the movies, they were showing like there's like three or four different artists coming to that drive-in specifically over the next like month or so and so yeah it's pretty cool well chris we're going to talk about ubisoft forward but first the pick of the week pick of the week all right chris what is your pick of the week all right my pick of the week is there is a, a recently announced Lego set. Uh, it's a Nintendo 
Um, oh, hang on. I'm just going to read this article. This is from The Verge. Okay. Um, Lego and Nintendo are teaming up for a new Lego set that assembles into a blocky model of Nintendo's 8-bit gaming console, the Nintendo Entertainment System, what? along with an interactive TV displaying Super Mario Brothers. Wait, wait, wait. The, what? Yeah. It so, works? Uh, well, it doesn't work, but you can move like Mario around. What? Is the thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the two companies collaborated earlier this year to create interactive Mario-themed sets. Designed for adult builders, this new set contains 2,646 pieces that combine to create Nintendo's first home console, as well as an NES controller, a game cartridge that can fit into the console, and a miniature retro TV. The TV displays Mario traversing through a stage from the 1985 classic, and a crank located on the left side of the TV lets you move the mustached plumber up and down between platforms. Chris, this yes. sounds awesome. I know. I want it real bad. Here's the thing. The... The price on this is $230, which is a lot. That's a but lot. But it's also a Lego set, so yeah. I'm like, mm, Well, and also, I, like, I, I know that, like, that seems like a lot, but, like, this seems like also a pretty, like, a pretty high quality, especially with the crank thing, you know? Oh, totally. I mean, this thing looks amazing. And, and, and like, it's, like, the size is huge, too. So, like, I... I want it real bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe I'll ask for it for Christmas or something like that. I mean, that's like one of those things that like, man, it's like, you know, yeah, that seems like a lot, but like Lego sets are, are expensive, you know, just the bigger Lego sets, you know, kind of big, big ones like, you know, the, uh, the, the castles oh, yeah, right. or like, yeah, the, regular you know, Lego sets are expensive. Yeah. Even, even like, you know, you, you get into like where it's like, oh, this is the street. Like they have those really cool looking ones that are like, oh, here's the apartment or the cafe or whatever. And they like form a block. Um, but like, yeah, this is that sounds awesome, Chris. I yeah. am very interested in this Lego set. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I, I don't know if we mentioned on the show. Uh, maybe we did last week. I can't remember. But they also recently greenlit two um, Lego sets uh, with the Lego. Um, what is it called? Lego Ideas. Yeah, Lego Ideas uh, program. One is a Seinfeld uh, Jerry's apartment set. Hmm. And then um, the other was uh, what was the other one, dude? It was um, not Jurassic Park. It was something along those lines. Do you remember? We oh, were talking I do about not. It. Uh, we did talk about it. I can't remember what it was. Uh, we need to look it up. Um, yeah, give me two seconds. I will. Uh, yeah, I'll look fine. it up right the, uh, now. The thing about like about Lego sets is like these days, especially like the ones that are like more niche or whatever, like like the Jerry's apartment or even like this the the like not everybody's just going to run out and buy this like Nintendo um, <laughs> NES or whatever, but it's right. like the fact that that exists home alone. is super cool. The Home Alone house, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, which that one's that one's probably going to be more expensive than this because that's going to be sure. insane. I mean, yeah, because like you have multiple levels and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing with this one is that it appeals to me as like a video game person, but also like as a as a Lego. Like I, just the idea of these things converging is really cool. Um, oh yeah. The uh, the Mario Lego sets, the ones that they come out with like for kids with the big gigantic Mario that it's electronic and stuff. It's like those don't appeal to me really. I mean, I, I think those are aimed at kids, but those are also really expensive. Um, 
yeah. uh, because of the circuitry and stuff inside of the Mario figure, which I didn't like. I was like, man, that's just it didn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, but something like this completely makes sense to me, where it's like, okay, you know, this is a, a higher price product for you know for for people that are you know wanting to collect this and put this on the shelf and then have it accessible to the crank and crank the thing and and watch yeah. Mario move that sort of thing. That's great. Well, the thing I like about like this kind of stuff, you know, like these more adult themed like Lego sets, they are more complicated and like, but like the Friends one that I I just got, it was it's gonna be kind of like the Seinfeld one. I mean, I spent like weeks putting that together. I mean, mm. I would I would I I spent like you know probably you know an hour and a half ish, two hours every weekend, kind of like you know adding to it, um, and it took me probably you know three or four weeks to to finish, um, just because of like the level of detail and like. Uh, it's a little different from like other Lego sets. There are like lots of the same pieces. Well, like for uh, with like the Friends Lego set, like there's lots of like most of these pieces are just like one-off pieces, mm. and so it's 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 kind of like a puzzle almost, where you're like, oh, I'm yeah. looking for that, you know, and like trying to find that piece and then putting it in the right spot, you know. Like, I mean, I know I'm just describing building Legos, but like. <laughs> it, it it feel it does it feels more adult than like yeah. you know hey I'm gonna put twenty two by two by two blocks on here right uh, right. and create a wall you know i mean legos have in fact come a long way like like, from whenever we were kids you know (laughs) yeah they had like decals i had to put on and stick on to some of the spots you know like so that's super cool well my pick of the week this week chris is neo wise the comet that is yes is up in the sky i haven't seen it yet so we went out last night to try to figure it out like to try to try to see it but it was uh it had already set like i i did my math wrong so i wanted to on the very podcast uh talk a little bit about like the things that i'm going to try to do to go see it (laughs) um there's an app called go skywatch Okay, and that will allow you to uh, f- like it'll it'll let you know where Neowise is, um, okay. and then you can adjust like so. From there, it's like the same thing like your normal like apps on your phone, where like you can uh, it's the AR thing where you hold it up to the sky and you point at it and you go, oh, there it is. But Neowise is on there, and you can actually search for it, and it'll put a little arrow on your screen, and it'll like direct you to where it's at. Um, is this Go Skywatch sky Planetarium? Yes, Go Skywatch Planetarium. And so it costs like four bucks or something like that, three or four dollars. Yeah. Um, and, but, but then you can go in there and you can set like different brightness magnitudes as well. Like, and they had a whole tutorial on uh, on their website of like, here's how you can find Neowise. And uh, and then it was like, and then adjust to where like your time, like where your time of day is, and it'll like show you in the sky where it will be. Um, and uh, so like basically it'll tell you like, hey, you can see it at this time, or like you you know it has set at this point. Last night whenever we got out there, it had literally like just set. Whereas like before I found this app. I had been looking at like just like hey how when can I see Neowise and something had told me like ten o'clock or whatever but it meant yeah. that it was gonna set at ten o'clock oh, yeah, or it was gonna be I gone see. at ten and so like yeah. I was like planning on being out there like just before ten and stuff and I was like oh I'm gonna be out and then it's gone you know so yeah. um but yeah so Neowise dude if if you want to see a comet it's not gonna be back for seven thousand more years <laughs> um that we only just found out about in March. <laughs> <laughs> So that's your one shot. <laughs> uh, your one here, shot. Well, yeah, here's. So I'm also in Sky. Do you have Sky Guide? Is that a free app? Uh, I, I, I believe didn't. I didn't even so. think about. I didn't even think about looking in a planetarium app instead of like my, my uh, whatever those other Skywatcher apps. Yeah, I have, um, I have Skyview Light as well, and that one I could not find. Like it doesn't. Yeah, it's not in it's, there. It's not in Skyview, but it is in Sky Guide. I think Sky Guide okay. is a, is a free download, cool. and it may come in come like 
with your iPhone. I can't remember. It was like, I think it was a stock plugin maybe or a stock, stock app, but it's up there right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the thing is, it's our, so the reason it's so hard to see for like uh, right now is because it went um, around, you know, comments have very, like very uh, tight, like small orbits. And so they, they come real close to the sun and then jet way back out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it just went around the sun. It just, and then like uh, I think a week ago past Mercury's, orbit um and it's kind of like heading so it should gradually as it gets further away from the sun stay up in the as long as it doesn't break apart or something like that stay up in the sky uh later and later so like by if it's still there you know hopefully by um middle of august it should be pretty high in the sky and it should be like really apparent but yeah in case something like that does happen um you can definitely check it out that's the thing i think there was a comet in 2013 or something like that that broke apart before any of us really got to see it. Right, right. Well, and, and I think like uh, even like earlier earlier this year, there was another comet that came by, but it was it wasn't bright enough to actually no. see with your like you know your eyes. You had to like look at a telescope or whatever. Yeah. Um, the thing interesting thing about this one, like with uh, with like it'll be a clo- like the closest to the Earth on June or not June, sorry, July twenty second. And so that's whenever it's like closest to the earth, um, the further it gets from the sun. So the later it gets like into August or whatever, the dimmer it will get because like the closer the comet is to the sun, like the brighter it is, like the more of the gases like being released from the comet. Um, otherwise it's just a a chunk of ice like out in the, you know, out in the the space. Um, and so like, you know, so the the later you get like the dimmer it'll be, but it's also like further away from the sun. So you, you don't have to like, like you said, it'll be up later and later. So it'll be darker and darker outside whenever you can, potentially see it so like there's that weird balance of like oh it's hard to predict like when you can see these things so just probably you know, i'm starting early Go see it now yeah, yeah just gonna try to see it now and then you know try again you know to, you know and if it's clear like whatever i'll just try to like head out around sunset hang around until it's a little bit dark and see if you can see it um using one of those apps like and uh so that's that's my pick of the week this week chris all right, so your pick of the week is the comment Neowise. My pick of the week is the NES Lego set. All right, John, so uh, we're going to talk about the Ubisoft Forward event, and I just want to run through uh, basically like the things that they announced. So there was, a, yeah. there was a pre-show and there was a post-show. The pre-show, there were some um, announcements. The post-show was just really like a... A bunch of gameplay, which was great. Like yeah. I watched uh, some of it. I, I shut it off like halfway through um, right. that piece of it. Uh, we'll start. Let's start with the uh, the the pre-show um, pieces. This may or may not be in chronological order. So I don't know they why. Showed... First of all, I don't know why companies do announcements in pre-shows. Like, man, just just call this the show. You know? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like. Well, it's because they can have someone stand there live and just kind of talk about it. They don't have to like put a whole bunch of production time into it. Like honestly, is what I think. They're like, mm. hey, well, everyone knows that Just Dance 2020 is coming. So let's and we we can't get up on stage and do our normal, you know, like 50 people dancing in costumes and crazy outfits on stage this year. Yeah. So let's just talk about it in the pre-show. I honestly was bummed that we didn't have any like dancing panda <laughs> bears or anything. You know? Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that was one of them. Just Dance 2020. Uh, they're talking about um, season three. I guess there's seasons now. I didn't know that before this point. Um, but it's going to bring uh, three new songs, three returning songs, and a new playlist. Um, the new songs, if you care, uh, Hype, 
by Dizzy Rascal and Calvin Harris. La Resputessa by Becky G featuring Mulama and Crayon by G Dragon. Three returning songs will be Barbara Streisand by Duck Sauce, Giddy On Up by Laura Bell Bundy, and Mas Quenada by Sergio Mendez featuring the Black Eyed Peas. That's coming July 23rd. I am not up on my Just Dance game. I, uh, I don't know if I've ever played a Just Dance. I'm glad people enjoy it, but I... Uh, yeah, I mean that's why it's in the pre-show, John. <laughs> see, and that's the yeah. You're 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 probably right about that, but I always enjoy the sh- the reveal because of the dancing, because the music is always really that's good. That's literally the only reason, you know. And uh, it's just a hype up, you know, time. I just, I really enjoy the hype. But you're right that in in you know you can't you can't have that right now. So yeah. Put it in the pre-show. That makes sense. Makes sense. You're right. You're right. Um, they also uh, talked about. Oh, go ahead. Did you have- no, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Uh, they also talked about the crew too. Uh, coming in August is a flashy '80s update. That's it. Uh, they talked about <laughs> Trials Rising on Thursday, July 16th. It's going to get the Giga Track, the longest track in Trials franchise history, man. free for all players. Which man, Trials is already hard enough. Yeah, like, let's <laughs> make it make a longer track. Wow. Yeah, Ghost Recon Breakpoint is going to receive a free title update 2.1.0. On July 15th, um, it will add AI teammates to the game for the first time, letting solo players choose whether they want a squad of operators to play with who will have the same abilities as player-controlled characters. Hmm. Solo players will be able to give orders to and customize the gear of AI teammates. Uh, it's also, they're also, also going to be a new limited-time event, Resistance. The event uh, starts on July 16th. The event will see players attempting to save prisoners, attack outposts, and stop convoys. Playing the event will unlock 14 new rewards available until July 29th. Uh, also adds Ghost War PvP content, including including item drop functionality and community requested improvements. Here's mm-hmm. the thing: this stuff like traditionally would be in an E3 press conference. Sure, and I'm kind of glad it's not. Yeah, you know, like it was just like okay. I maybe mean, be like in that middle section where like they have somebody come out and they're like, "And this is our biggest right. update ever." And that's always where it dragged. Where yeah. you're just like, "I don't care about this." Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's like obviously there's dedicated communities that will you know love that, and yeah. uh, but at the same time, like that's not necessarily like an E3 press conference. It, it while it is the place for it for like stockholders where they can see like oh we're still updating these games, sweet. Um, but like you can also like I don't know, it's just not the place to get hyped about like this update. Like I, I do love the fact that like Ubisoft in particular likes to launch games and then give them massive amounts of support for years and years after. Um, and that's awesome for those communities. Um, it's just not necessarily something that I'm like, Oh man, let's, let's, this is not a big gigantic announcement or gameplay that I'm like really excited about. So, yeah, I mean, and that's, and that was always the downfall of E3 where it's like, you know, you were developing a conference that needed to, uh, serve the, the, the press and every single player base you have, like yeah. no matter how niche and like, you just can't do something like that and make it, uh, appealing to everyone. And so sure. I kind of like, like, I kind of like where we're going with all these digital events where you're like, Hey, we're going to focus in on these things. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then next time we'll focus on, on these things. Boom. Rather yeah. than like, I mean, I, yeah, it was great to have that big dump of, of games from Sony, but then it's like, well, now there's nothing, you know, like, uh, and I felt like, you know, it was just kind of like that sometimes it's like, okay, this is just like overwhelming. Yeah. And um, I feel like some of them get overshadowed, like ones that I would be interested totally. in potentially get overshadowed by bug snacks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, wanted to note that I'm reading from an article by Joe Scrubbles on IGN. Nice. Talking about 
the, the recap. So then uh, they opened up the conference and they talked about Watch Dogs Legion. They had a really cool kind of uh, like movie yeah. short film thing. They called it a short film, which was awesome. Yeah. Like I, they had I, two of those, basically. Man, like as I was watching that short film, I was literally just like, I, I was glued, man. <laughs> I was yeah. all about it. I know, totally. Uh, what's weird to me is like this game all of a sudden has an entirely different tone than I thought it did in yeah. the past with the previous trailers. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the first, like, the, the biggest thing, like, with the previous trailers that I think I honed in on was that I could have, like, a squad of, like, uh, of, of, of grandmas, you know? <laughs> of grandma totally. hackers, you know? Yeah and, we, and we, yeah, and we talked about that, and, like, and I, I don't know, this is, like, this, the, like, I don't, even in the, the gameplay last time, like, this, and, and maybe it's just, like, maybe the short film just, like, hyped it up, where it's, yeah. like, hey, it's all dark and neon and, like, mm -hmm. weird, and, like, this doesn't feel like what I thought Watch Dogs either both was and like uh looked like it was going to be from the gameplay we saw last year mm -hmm. um which i'm not opposed to it no. it just feels like it has a completely different like weird and crazy like uh, like almost a uh, quirky funny vibe that i was not picking up on before right well like i mean i guess like the thing the original watchdogs was super serious you know where it was like in chicago like that one like i remember that one just didn't appeal to me i didn't play either of the, the one or two but that one didn't appeal to me because it was super serious and uh and then the watchdogs like, 2 this came a, out does this appeal to you though i mean this this uh sort of like more so than any of the other other watchdogs have um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the part to me that appeals to me is like being able to build a team and yeah. use like different operators, but it's not like not the not the vibe of it. Like, yeah. I don't care, you know. Like, yeah. they could be super serious with this, and honestly, I'd probably take it. I'd probably be more. It would be more appealing to me than what they've got going on now. Right. Well, I mean, the second one like went the opposite way, where it was like people were like literally surfing on cars, like like that was the gameplay of uh, of Watch Dogs 2 and then this one I feel like is like leaning back towards like the more serious stuff so like they're trying to like figure out like where on this this spectrum does this yeah. franchise exist best this is, this is what I feel like I feel like they like uh, I honestly and sometimes I feel like this with Ubisoft games I feel like they saw these um, the hype around Cyberpunk and they're like hey we need to make this like more neon, more like mm. more crazy, mm -hmm. and uh, we, as well as like leaning into like the goofiness of it, like they do with Far Cry, which mm -hmm. like that's great for Far Cry, but yeah. I don't want all your franchises to feel like that. Right, right. Well, I mean, and like I, I agree there, where it's like a, a lot of the Ubisoft franchises and and things like have traditionally, like in the last like few years, especially like they all kind of blend into like the like there's like. There's two like general um, things. There's like, oh, it's the Far Cry formula over here, or it's like the Division slash uh, Rainbow Six Siege over here. You know, it's like, and right. a lot of their their franchises like fall into those two kind of like where it's like, oh, where on this spectrum is this one though? Is because here's it, what I think I, I think they're gonna do. Like they're gonna like the, the 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 quirkiness that like in actuality, this is the other thing with like Ubisoft games. Um, a lot of times it feels like they promise one thing, but then whenever you play it, it's like, oh, it's not really that. Like, I think, like, to me, I think what we're going to do is we're going to get Watch Dogs Legion, and the quirkiness is going to be from the fact that you can use a nail gun instead of a regular gun. Right, right. Like, I don't think it's going to be because, like, these all these characters are so quirky. I think they're going to have right. one-liners like they do in The Division. They're going to have, like, little things they say, well, but and this I isn't going to be, like, you know, this isn't going to be the, the laugh-out-loud funny uh, yeah. kind of game that they're promoing it as and i guess like i also feel like in a similar way like you have this gameplay of literally every 
every person in the city can be recruited. Um, every NPC or whatever can be recruited and be a yeah. playable character. And so in in doing that, like you're going to have to have like different archetypes. And so you're going to have to have like, um, like it's not going to be as, as, as funny because like funny is all about like personality and com- and uh, like context and timing and things like that. And so those things are all dependent on like, it being a specific person almost like whenever you're writing it. And so like, if it's just yeah. like, Oh, this is generic person a, or this is generic, you know, person B and you know, this person's really funny and this person's not or whatever. It's just not going to feel quite as to, in my mind, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine you can program like hilarious moments, like these laugh out loud, hilarious totally. moments into just every character in the city. <laughs> so. Well, I think it's I think it's because they try to make them like whenever they try to make games this big that that's what's happened. Yeah. So like you look at something like um uh like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like I, I remember whenever they that game came out they like one of the big like talking points was we recorded, you know, like it was like thousands of hours of dialogue and it's in the game. And like, well, okay, cool, you did, but it's because you created so many branching paths mm-hmm. for each conversation mm-hmm. uh, because like I feel like I'm having the same conversations constantly with people sure. and hearing the same lines whenever I run through the village and yeah you know, well, and then it, a lot of that comes down to they also had that whole algorithm of like well, you have unlimited side quests where like literally it just computer generates like side quests for you um, yeah. and so you have like the, so it's like sure they're unlimited but they're roughly the same four the same different thing. ones you know right. so I, well, and, and then the, and when uh, whenever you do that, then like everything just feels super generic. You know, right, like it doesn't feel right. it doesn't feel real or Customized. like special anymore. Yeah, it doesn't Whereas, feel like, a, like doesn't feel like a, a Red Dead Redemption or something. You know? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like Red Dead Redemption, like there aren't an unlimited amount of side missions, but every single one of them feels special, and you don't want to miss any of them. Sure, because like they're so specific. Like you, you just found like this house of people who are murdering people. You know, like like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's uh, like, well, I could have like could have just not even ever stumbled upon that. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's very specific things, but there's, you know, there's a, a large number of them. That's the other thing about like, that's, that's one of the problems that I have with uh, like Red Dead is that like, I'm so worried about missing something that like yeah. I get frozen, man. <laughs> there are two different yeah. problems. So anyway, talk, they did watch well, the gameplay looks pretty cool. Yeah. Like in, in, you know, if the, if the, you know, um, creating your team is, uh, is fun, then that will be fun. Hopefully that you're not limited to how many people, like if I have to do inventory management with my team, I'm going to freaking kill somebody. Mm. Like I'm going to just stop playing that game. Mm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, they also talked about Brawlhalla. It's, uh, coming to iOS and Android devices and then you're going to be able to play, uh, cross play with consoles. Nice. Um, we also talked about... It's like a Smash Brothers-esque game, which is what I always look at. And people are always like, you know, I, I hear people be like, oh, it's not quite like Smash Brothers, but it, it's like a Smash Brothers game, yeah. you know? They, uh, there was this huge announcement trailer and, and uh, story trailer for a game called Hyperscape. This is their new Battle Royale. Yeah. Um, dude, so um, if, the, if this hadn't ended up being in a Battle Royale, I would have been pumped for it. Me too. Because the story that they are setting up was awesome. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I it's it's funny like watching that that intro trailer or whatever had me so hyped for the world of the game, and uh, I was just like, man, what kind of stories could you tell in this? And then whenever it's like you know it's a battle royale or whatever, and I was just like, okay, so you're opting to tell no stories in this. Um, yeah, like that's the thing. Like the, the, they set up this huge story, and I'm like, well, 
you didn't have to do that because it's a battle royale and yeah. there's not going to be a campaign. I mean, and as, as about a battle royale, like I'm interested in it. I'll probably try it out. Um, because like, you know, it just looks like, Hey, all city and, and yeah. these like wacky powers and stuff like, uh, bouncing around in a ball, you know, it's like, okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, but at the same time it does, like I would have paid, you know, 60 bucks for this game at this point. It's like, well, I'm going to try out a free to play game now. <laughs> Right. I mean, at this point, you know, like with Battle Royales, because there's like everyone's making one. Yeah. Like at this point, it's about like what are the how, how can you do it differently? And mm-hmm. what are the things? And I think that it looks like they're doing some cool things that are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll at least give it a shot. It's an open beta right now. That was the big like, hey, uh, anyone can can do yeah. it. It's on PC, it's though. On PC open though. beta. Yeah. yeah open beta. Right PC. Now, so, yeah. Uh, then they also talked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We finally got some gameplay and description of what's going on um dude and, and finally this time at least like it actually uh, you know remember last time i was like it doesn't feel like assassin's creed like what's going on now yeah. it feels like assassin's creed yeah definitely i mean and that's the thing like this was the first time that i was connecting those dots and honestly like I'll probably play it. Like, I don't know if I'll play it like day one. It'll be like Odyssey where like I'll, yeah. I'll pick it up after the fact, you know, maybe Christmas or like after one of those, one of those things. But, um, it looks really good and I, and it looks like a real, a really good gameplay, like variant of like Assassin's Creed where like, just the fact of being able to dual wield weapons and have like these, oh, yeah. like those types of options of like, hey, what do I have in this hand? What do I have in that hand? And they were like, and you can even dual wield shields. And I was like, that sounds <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> um, so like, I mean, that, those aspects of it have me like super pumped about it. Just the the gameplay, like the the different tweaks, because I really enjoyed. Um, enjoy odyssey like i love the gameplay in that it feels so nice to play that game um and then you know so to have that in this other shell with like a sideways tweak where it's like oh you can get even more variety customize this to your to your liking because it's something i really liked about odyssey was that like you can you can have like a heavy sword, but why would you have a heavy sword if you can right. have like short swords or, or knives and like <laughs> yeah I like, so I like never use just, anything other than my regular sword. Yeah, because like I mean, there's like a regular sword, and then I I got super into daggers for a while, oh, and I was I don't just think like I even have those unlocked because they're so fast, and like I had these daggers that were like poison daggers, and so Whoa. you would like go in and like and then like roll away, and then they would just like get poisoned, you know? Yeah, like okay, this is amazing. They keep telling me like you can switch to a speed anytime i'm like i don't want a spear yeah the only I, time I, I don't spear, want a spear the only time the spear has ever served me well is that you can get there's a specific spear in that game that you can get breathe underwater with and oh. so i equip that one every time i go underwater and uh because like it's unlimited it, air yeah it's unlimited air it's it's a wow. it's a uh i forgot where i got it it's on some island out in the middle of nowhere but anyway Weird. um and uh was there a quest for it or did you like seek it out specifically it's like a side quest for it okay. like once you get the first step of that quest which you can do you know out on any of these like four islands or whatever you have to visit the four islands and then you get the thing um but it like spears actually work really well against like sharks underwater so any water combat they're great for other than that they're not great <laughs> yeah um but yeah, like the fact the, that I the, can have a spear in one hand and like a dagger in the other and see what the heck that's going to be like, you know, totally <laughs> sounds awesome. The thing that the piece of it that I hope they lean into heavy uh, is they talked about how like um, and then they kind of showed like these sections where you'd like deal with kind of like uh, like weird magic and mm. like uh, mm-hmm. like that's the side of Assassin's Creed. I mean, Assassin's Creed has always been pretty like real. 
and grounded. But like whenever they have gotten kind of weird and into like this like kind of mystical, magical kind of stuff, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. I and and they like as much as they showcased it. Like in this, I'm yeah. like, I hope that they lean hard into that. That'd be pretty freaking cool. Sure. I mean, that, that's honestly like with Odyssey, like that was the one of my m- most favorite parts was like the fact that like you can, you know, these mystical animals and these mystical like beasts and like, you know, these, uh, these different things that are happening that are outside the norm. That was like the most, my, my favorite moments in that game were somewhat tied to those. Like where it's like, oh, you're going after uh, this I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't played it, but it's, it's an old game, like a Cyclops or whatever. Like, oh, let me go yeah. take this thing down. And like, so then you go take this thing down. So like, which that's cool. Like those are just kind of like, you know, like, Hey, this is part of the, 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 the myths mm-hmm. of the, of the time period, which I mean, but we're also talking about, we're talking about England, you know, like around, I don't know when, when was when were the knights of the round table like Merlin and all that kind of ages, stuff like yeah. yeah like and so like that's we're kind of like leading into that time period yeah and so I'm like okay like what kind of like weird magical stuff's going on here like at this sure. point in time you know yeah yeah, yeah. pretty cool I'm I, creepy I, I, I'm down Make it like, creepy like I said like I may not buy a day one but it'll be one that it'll be like on my like if once it goes on sale I'm hitting uh, hitting it and getting uh, uh some gameplay out of it. Yeah. Uh, then they ended the show with a Far Cry 6 reveal trailer. It was another kind of like short film almost. Yeah. And uh, it was really good. Dude, yeah. I, I like, honestly, I was sitting there watching. I'm like, dude, I could watch this. If this was the opening to a movie, yeah. I would freaking watch this movie. Well, dude, like Giancarlo Esposito is amazing. Holy cow, dude. Like, yeah. like just yes. having him like monologue is like, oh my goodness. Like, like I, this, like you said, like I would watch this. And honestly, the graphics in that thing, like, it took me a second to realize that this is like this mm-hmm. is all rendered, you know. Like yeah, I was except like, for like, how except is for the kid, those opening shots, even of yeah. like of uh, of um, the El Presidente, whoever yeah, it yeah. is, like coming through the door, like that all looked real, dude. Yeah, yeah, and like that that blows my mind, like the fact that that we're, we're there. Um, so obviously, like you know, you have uh, Giancarlo Esposito, the voice of Diego, which is the kid. Apparently, is the voice is one of the like is the voice of Coco, like or of uh, Miguel in Coco. Um, oh. on uh, as well. So like they've they've got like really like kind of top tier uh, actors uh, in this one, um, at least on you know. I don't know that we haven't seen the protagonist, I guess yet, but uh, but like you know, both of those characters are uh, you know top tier actors, like that sort of thing in there too. So well, and what's crazy is like so Anthony we were talking Gonzalez about is the is the kid's name. So we we were talking about um, Watch Dogs. It kind of started off grounded, and now it's just getting kind of weird and crazy. And Far Cry, like it started off pretty crazy, and now it's like getting way more like realistic and grounded. And there's still yeah. always like pretty crazy stuff you can do in there. It's just kind of like this weird like role reversal in you know for both of those titles and and i feel like far cry is landing it better like that game like that trailer appealed to me more than anything i've seen for watchdog legion sure sure i mean i agree and like part of that is just the 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 two different approaches like on this one you're going for like here let me sell you on the personality of the story like this this very specific thing right and it feels like with the uh, other one you're like you're you're selling me on like a personality of 
the world like almost like you're like I'm trying to sell of. you on a vibe you know i feel like the story that that's what that whole like opening short film was they were trying to show us the story of watchdogs legion yeah but it's not and, like character and the why based, behind i it. guess is what i'm saying whereas like with the other like with far cry it's like this is clearly like these two characters are gonna be in this thing you know? yeah that's a good point because watchdog legion you can have un- unlimited <laughs> characters you know like yeah. which maybe that's maybe that's why i don't relate to it maybe yeah. that's gonna be it's it's like why it's not super appealing to me yeah it's like, oh, anybody, you know, you can be anybody. And it's like, well, then I'm going to be like, I don't want to be anybody. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Just, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, it's like, that's my, like, other than like really good, like open world games, like a lot of times, like I have that, you can go anywhere. And I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to go anywhere, you know? <laughs> Just going to go nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was the conference. I think cool. overall, um, again, like I said, I think it's the best that we've seen in terms of presentation. Yeah. Uh, like we didn't, we, we didn't really see, Anything new except for Far Cry Six was like the brand brand new thing, and then um, hyperspace. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, so the, like the fact that like hyperscape. So we've had like you know these written kind of media previews and like some leaks and things like that of that, which honestly like Far Cry I think like uh, leaked a little bit like beforehand. But I mean, other than that, like I, I was really hyped for everything that was in there. I think that the. Uh, like you said, the presentation was really good, but I expected there to be more, like partially. Like I expected there to have like more new game announcements or more like new footage of games that we know are happening, like Gods and Monsters. Like that one was supposedly going to be a 2020 game up until like they delayed it. I think it was in there uh, like early this year. So, yeah. um, so I'm just like, that's probably going to happen like in whatever the next one is, is, is what my assumption is. It's like, oh, well, like let's only tell you about the things that are coming out this year in 2020. And then whatever the next one's going to be is going to set up the first half of 2021 maybe i don't know yeah i mean i again I, like i'm okay I, like i think i think yeah i think it was great i think it was good you know just because i don't again i don't need all the extra fluff that was always in their e3 press conferences and they i think that it helped them by putting it in the pre-show this time putting mm-hmm. those kind of like updates to current games we know that that's in the pre-show now which is great and then like the actual event is going to be showing uh, gameplay for games that haven't been released yet. Um, I, I, I kind of like that format. I kind of hope that like everyone else kind of does it. And I, I love the presentation. You know, with like like I said, with the the hosts and the graphics going in between, it wasn't just a bunch of trailers strung together. Sure. Uh, we had context for why we were seeing what we were seeing, like you do for an E3 press conference. I think it was just. I think they nailed everything. I would mm-hmm. like to see like, and maybe they just don't have anything else new coming out this fall. Like, and I guess maybe that's the that's the the bummer to the fact that they talked about these games like two years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, well, Assassin's Creed, they talked about, I guess it's just, it's because it's Assassin's Creed. You just always assume that there's going to be a new Assassin's Creed. Right. And they skipped a year for this one. So it's like right. there was that, but it's like at the same time, like because they skipped a year, you're like, well, there's definitely one this year then. But again, it, like, yeah, like, yeah, we kind of knew it was coming. So, but, but again, like, I mean, these are going to be huge games, you know, in terms sure. of like time. And so yeah. I don't know that we really need a whole nother like slew of games. I mean, it is kind of like we're talking about uh, three open world games mm-hmm. that are coming out this year. That mm-hmm. seems insane from the yeah. same company. It does. It does. It really does. Though there was one thing, and I guess like maybe the next one or whatever. I, I was, I kind of expected there to be some sort of a thing with Nintendo, like some sort of a like a partnership, because like every E3 for the last like three years, they've had like, oh, and we're doing this game with specific Nintendo uh, Star Fox DLC. We're doing this game on exclusively on the Nintendo Switch with Mario characters, and like they've had like these partnerships with Nintendo. I kind of expected to see that, but we didn't see that, and so I'm wondering if maybe you know whatever the next thing would be. 
be um, as far as the, the next Ubisoft forward, if that's going to have, you know, potentially a, a Nintendo pla- uh, partnership or something like that in it. I don't know. It's just these things that I kind of like half expected to see because I always saw them at, at uh, E3 press conferences. Um, we didn't see. And it's like I, I didn't miss them until like way after the fact, until like I was like thinking about it like way later in the day. Wait, I was what like, are you saying? Sorry, you're talking way too fast. I'm sorry. Like I, I uh, with the Nintendo thing and, and I guess like with these other game announcements, I didn't realize that I like that they were missing until like way later. Like so it's like the presentation was nailed. Like it was like a great tight presentation. But like later on, I was just like, huh. You know, we didn't see this other thing that I expected um, with like the Nintendo partnership or with a, uh, you know, the gods and monsters, you know, or whatever these other games are that we know are coming. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, like you said, it's a great presentation. I'm interested in like this idea of doing two per year or doing two this year at the very least, um, yeah. you know, the Nintendo Direct kind of style uh, things. Yeah, Totally. I still don't really know what your point is. What are you saying? I mean, I guess, you know, my thing was like, it's a great presentation. Um, and I didn't realize I was missing these things until after the fact. The presentation? Um, yeah. Like where I was missing the, like the, uh, the, like a Nintendo uh, element or, yeah. you know, these other things. So you I know, just don't think those are necessary for a good conference you right. know, like, or a good present or a good, you know, showcase. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of like what my point is because I, because I didn't miss them during the conference until like way later, whenever I was thinking about it, they don't necessarily even need to be there. You know, it's well, like, yeah, it, well, and I'm always for like, Hey, show us what you want to show us. Don't right. like, just cause like we think there needs to be this, like sure. it doesn't mean you need to do it, you uh, know? Sure. Yeah. Like just show us what you want to show us when. And I think that's the problem that they've, that, that everyone kind of got into over the past generation mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. you know, transitioning into this generation was showing games that weren't going to come out for three years. Oh, dude. Cause they yeah. wanted to, they were like, oh, we have to have this, and we have to have this, and we have to have this. And it's like, no, you don't. Right, Just like right. show us the things that we need to know now. Right. Well, and I guess like it would also like announce games, and then you wouldn't see like, – like you would have updates on that same game every year where it's yeah, like, I mean, like you, you, know, you, like you don't you need those updates. Gods. You brought up Gods and Monsters. Like, why we probably shouldn't even know about that game right now. That's like, there's true. There's no reason to know about that game because it's like not coming out this year. Sure. You know, like – and what what use did they you know other than like maybe some momentary hype last mm-hmm. year? Why mm-hmm. did they need to show us that then? They sure. didn't. That's a good point. Yeah, because it's like you don't want to like you don't want to overdo it, oversaturate, um, and you want there to or, be uh, uh, hype whenever you the game comes out, not like a year and a half before. Yeah, what's that? What was that pirate ship game? Like, oh, is that even still happening? I don't, I don't know. know. It's We've seen that it, forever. What is it called? Uh, it was called uh, <laughs> Skull and Bones. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like. Know. It's weird that one was going to come out around whenever Sea of Thieves came out. Like both of those games were announced at the same E3, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like that's why that's my point. I'm like, why yeah. you know, like I'm I'm actually I'm okay. Like that's why I think this was the best show, mm-hmm. like so far that we've seen. You know, yeah, yeah. It didn't have a ton of like new announcements, but like it's not all about the the hype. It's mm-hmm. like okay, what do what. What is good, like, to, you know, it was short, it was 45 minutes, it was great to watch, you know, it showed me the things that are relevant right now, mm. um, and, uh, and it helped me actually make a decision on whether or not I'm buying some of these games this fall. Sure, and I guess, like, if I'm being honest, like, right now, with, with you know, the, the world kind of, you know... Um, on on slow mode, you know, or whatever, you know, where it's like you're not, you know, you're not going out and and doing a ton of things. If they announce something that I'm not going to be playing for another two years, it's <laughs> yeah. like I feel like that's a little tone deaf, you know. It's based on like what their player base is like sitting here being like, I want to play something new right now. Well, like, and it's it's probably harder right now for them to, you know, like 
project whether or not they're going to hit their timelines on a lot of these other games sure. that they that are further out in development. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess, know, like, yeah, you don't want to frustrate, you don't want to frustrate your developers by being like, here's the deadline, you know, that, that is un, untenable. You can't do this. Well, I'm sure they have deadlines, but I'm sure they, but they're not, you know, like, I mean, Watch Dogs Legion, I think already got pushed back, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, Assassin's Creed, they've had like more time than normal to create right. this one. And then um, uh, Far Cry 6, you know, like, I mean, Far Cry Prime, what it was Far Cry? Far Cry 5 uh, was the last five, one, I think, right? N- no, then they came out with Far Cry New Dawn that was like mm. based on the Far Cry 5 map. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's so right. like that was a couple of years ago though. That wasn't even last year. No, yeah. So like yeah, these yeah. teams, you know, like these are teams that have had had enough time to, like they knew, they know probably like, hey, we're not going to have to push these again. Makes we sense. know that they're going to hit their dates. Everything else, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Give it some room, yeah. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. So. Makes sense. Makes sense. But I cool. thought it was a great conference, dude. I'm excited for Microsoft next week. Yep, Microsoft has theirs on what day? Is it Thursday? Again? It's Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday morning yeah. though. I think. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, yeah. we'll we'll post at normal time. We'll uh, we'll give you the lowdown there, and hopefully we see a lot of stuff from their first party slate that's coming this year. Whoop whoop! With the launch of the Xbox Series X. You can find us online at StandTargetPodcast.com on social at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. And at StandTargetPod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.